This is part five, and our last session, as far as I can see now, on Ephesians 1, 19-23, indeed, the entire chapter. Amazing. I think we're somewhere near 60 sessions on chapter one. Astonishing how rich this chapter is. And what we're going to do is focus on verse 23 which is his body, the church, which is his body, Christ's body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And let me just say at the outset that as all the commentators that I've read, nobody presents their interpretation here as though they have it all figured out and know for sure, especially what fills all in all refers to. Everybody makes more or less plausible proposals that fit the context, and we can appreciate that. And so I'm going to be among that number. I'm not giving you an interpretation of this, which I am declaring to be absolutely sure. I'm not even sure it is represented by anybody but me. (laughs) So you should take it with a grain of salt, a big heavy grain of salt, if somebody presents you with an interpretation that nobody else holds. I, I doubt that. Somebody else probably does, but I haven't run across it. So just understand, I am giving you some suggestions, which I think are true, though they may not be what this text in Paul's mind is immediately about. So I want to make sure that what I do propose to you is true from elsewhere in the Bible, even if I have some uncertainty about whether it's what Paul means here. So let's pray one more time on this chapter. Father, when we come to places that are seemingly too great and glorious for us and are verbally complex, we need a special caution, and we need special help. So glorify your name. That's what this chapter is really about, to the praise of the glory of your grace. And I pray that I would be humble enough to get under your sovereignty here and listen faithfully. Help us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's get a little bit of context. Um. He's praying, what is the immeasurable greatness? He wants us to see, to know, what is the immeasurable greatness of power toward us who believe, according to the working of the strength of his might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and when he seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, and that resurrection and that installation at the right hand of God's authority and honor Uh, put all rule and authority and power under him, and it put every name under him. So every name is under him, and then it says, he put all things under his feet and gave him, God put all things under Christ's feet and gave him as head over all things, which is what this is about, to the church. And so this power, this immeasurable power here, that he wants us to know is toward us. And I argued that's reaffirmed here when he took this 
all-authoritative, all-powerful head, Jesus Christ, and made him the head who is over all things to the church. So he's head over all things, and then, as authoritative over all things, he's made the wonderful authority of the church so that the church can enjoy the protection and the certainty that they will benefit from this headship over all things. And then he ends like this, which the church is his body. So he's just drawing out the implications. If he's a head, he has a body. And the church is the body. So that's the body. And Christ is the head. And the head relates to the body in this context, I think, as being the rule. He's, he's the ruler over all rule and authority and power and dominion and over every name. He's head over all things, and he's given as head to the church. So the emphasis of headship here is authority, rule making decisions in the universe. And then his body, the, the, the body of a head is the, is the actor, right? It, it does, it puts into action the decisions and the will of the head. Now that's the direction I'm thinking, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So let me take you on a tour of other texts that lead me to a conclusion. So we go to 4.10, and we see he who, this is Christ, descended, is the one who also ascended above all the heavens. Notice, above the heavens, he was in the heavenlies in, in chapter 1. Now he's above the heavens, which I think shows that those heavenlies include a whole dimension of layers of heaven that God is above, above the heavens, that he might fill all things. So he is the one who fills all things. And here it says it's his body which is the fullness of him who fills all in all. So there's somehow that the body, the, the body of Christ is standing in for Christ or is acting out Christ so that Christ himself can be said to fill all things. And a few verses later in chapter 4, Christ gave pastors to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So in some sense, we'll, we'll deal in detail with these when we get there, but in some sense, the fitness of the body of Christ as it grows with building from faithful pastors, as it grows, it is becoming fitted for being the stature of the one who fills all things. So Christ is the fullness, as we see in 4.10. He fills all things, but he's the fullness in the sense that his body is growing up into that fullness. Now, a little shifting of gears. 1 Corinthians 6.3 
Do you not know that we are to judge angels? You may think, where did that come from? <laughs> I'll, I'll try to show you. So don't you realize, he says to the Corinthians, we, the body of Christ, Christians, are to be judges of angels, perhaps good ones or evil ones. We are, we are going to participate in the divine work of judging the heavenly beings. How can we do that? Revelation 3.21, the one who conquers, I will grant him, so this is the Christian now who conquers and maintains his faith throughout all the troubles, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat with my father on his throne. This is simply unspeakably spectacular. I mean, this, this basically says, I'm going to put you on the throne of God. So I'm saying that just like this said, we will share in judgment. This text says we will share in his rule. That's what a throne is. It's authoritative rule in the universe. Wherever the influence of this throne is spreading, it is spreading with us in that influence and on that throne. Here it is again in Revelation 2.26. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. So there's another example of we're going to judge angels. We're going to have authority over nations. We're going to sit on the throne of God. And then Paul, we shift from John to Paul. If we endure, we will reign with him. So, we judge angels, we sit on the throne of God, we have authority over nations, we reign with Christ, and so I return to our text, and I wonder, okay, I'm just wondering, the church is his body, the fullness of him. So we saw that he is the fullness that fills the universe in 410, but we are the fullness of him who fills all in all. And I'm suggesting now that we are, the body of Christ is the fullness of Christ as he fills all in all by being the, the actors of Rule, uh, control, um, judging, influence, different ways to say it. In other words, God intends for the climax of history to be that his son have a, a body and that body is like a bride over in chapter 5. And he means for that body to be so exalted that it sits on the throne with Jesus, it rules with Jesus, it has authority with Jesus, and it judges with Jesus. And when it does that, it is filling as Jesus, because we are his deputies, as it were, filling everything with his influence, everything with his rule, everything with his control, everything with his judgment. He fills 
all in all by the church extending to every nook and cranny of the created order the rule of God in their own rule. That's a breathtaking destiny for the new human race called Christians in Jesus Christ.